When Toyota started its Scion brand eight years ago, it literally blew out of the starting gate. Toyota was quickly able to create a certain cachet about the Scion brand that appealed to young, trend-setting customers. As it rolled the brand out across the country, sales really started to pick up. But after its initial success, something went wrong at Scion. Sales started to falter. In fact, so far this year, they're running well below where they were a year ago. So what's it going to take to get Scion back on track? Well, to get to the bottom of this issue, my special guest today is Jack Hollis, the vice president of the Scion brand. And joining me on my journalist panel today are Greg Gardner from the Detroit Free Press and Mike Ramsey from the Wall Street Journal. Leave your remotes where they are. We will be back in a jiffy. From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine. Here now is John McElroy. Welcome to AutoLine Detroit here in the studio. Joining us right now is Jack Hollis, the vice president of Scion, and great to have you here on the set of AutoLine Detroit. Thanks. Great to be here. Also joining us today are Mike Ramsey from the Wall Street Journal and Greg Gardner from the Detroit Free Press, and great having the both of you here, too, as well. Jack, we got to get started on talking a little bit about your background, because in preparing for this uh, show today, I discovered you played for three seasons with the Cincinnati Reds. What position did you play? I was a center fielder, and it was a great, great time in my life. Uh, but I do say that if I was any good at it, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. So <laughs> I was not that great. No, I was really, I really had it and enjoyed it, and uh, it was a great, great experience. So being an athlete, you got to be a competitive guy. Competitive guy, probably number one uh, characteristic about Jack Hollis is a uh, love competition. Well, I'm sure that they need that kind of com- competitive spirit at Scion these days because we've seen sales go down a lot. This is a brand that came out with a bang, got off to the, the races, you know, greatly, and now it's really slid down. What's happened? You know, it's a great, um, it's a great brand, and going back to the idea of competitions, you know, what a great industry we're in, and getting to be able to experience all the, the, the ins and outs, the ups and downs of, of, a, of, a, great, uh, of a great business. You know, Scion has been great since day one, and we had a, a target to, to uh, really go after a, a youthful mindset, when we did start off, new cars, new brand, um, new marketing, a new approach, new business model, everything, it really was launched really well. And then from there, we, there's been a lot of learning that, that has gone on. Now, the sales are nowhere near where we want to be, and we'll never be this small again. And as we uh, get a chance to move forward uh, here in the next month and launch it off of a new TC and moving on some new products, um, you're going to see it uh, really be back to exactly where we want it to be. The industry's up a little bit over a year ago. A year ago, as we all know, was a t- total disaster yeah. industry-wide. But Scion sales are this year are down more than 40%. So is it product? Is it marketing? Why have we seen a slide down like this? I would say it's both product and market. You know, the market um, where it has been slightly up, you're really talking about, you know, the buyers that we are um, attracting, we are really targeting, are the youngest in the industry. And when you consider the fact that just the simple numbers are that the whole country has an unemployment rate of almost 10%, but for the person under the age of 29, it's almost 20%. So we're talking about who we are targeting being the hardest hit. Couple that with the fact that our biggest markets are really in the California and Florida markets, and they've been the hardest hit in the recession. That's a second whammy. And the third whammy is the fact that we've had no new product in our sign lineup for three years. And those three things coupling into one year in 2010 have caused the kind of the the situation we're in today. But it's also what gives me really good hope is because we're still attracting the exact consumer that we wanted. We're still the youngest brand in the industry. We're still the most diverse um, brand in the industry. And those are kind of the pieces in the base that we're confident in as we go forward 
into 2011 and, and really beyond as the plans are a little more long-term of what we're going to be doing now. Jack, uh, in Japan, after they went into the economic doldrums, um, there was a pronounced uh, decline in the um, number of younger people that thought they needed cars or wanted yeah. cars. Yeah. Um, what is different about the U.S. market um, that will prevent that from happening here, or could it happen here? The problems that uh, kind of look into with the Japan market were there are some similarities in the U.S., and that's, and that's a couple things. One is, is that the, to be, you know, when all of us started driving our cars, our first car, as soon as we turned 16, we got, a, we got our license. We couldn't wait till the next day. Why? Because it was, our, it was our social life. It allowed us to increase our social experience. However, today, there's a big difference because you can have a social life without the car to go to meet somebody. You can have it over the Internet. You can have it just in your community or at your school, whatever it might be. The car is not now number one priority to become social, your handheld device, your computer, um, and any mixtures of them. So you have a priority mix, and the dollars, when there's maybe not as many jobs or whatever it might be, the dollars being less, you can acquire an iPod, you can acquire a computer. And I think that's where the changes are. So some of those similarities are here. The difference I also think here, though, in the U.S. where it keeps us is that we're still built upon the personal transportation. Of, uh, the, the industry is still built on what you drive versus Japan and many other countries, which is still a, has a lot of reliance on rapid transit or mass transit. And I, so that's why I still think the U.S. industry is protected from that. And, and it's also my hope and confidence of what the youth will be. And so it's important at Scion that we then create those products to, to get those who are attracted uh, right away. With Scion, um, it seems like that this is a brand that has a particular challenge for Toyota because right now the manufacturing, you're talking about small vehicles that are manufactured in Japan, mm. and the yen is very mm. strong right now. What kind of challenge does that present in terms of profitability? Can, can Scion be profitable without manufacturing in North America? As Wall Street Journal reported, as most people reported, you know, when that yen is so strong, clearly bringing those products in here from a profitability standpoint is not as strong for the, the, for the company. It, what it does, though, is it challenges each of the, you know, I'm obviously on the sales marketing side much more, but it, it challenges our whole team. We have sales and marketing, or really the production and supplier side, how do we work together to maximize that profitability? At the same point, is it still has to be all about the consumer. You know, in the end, whether it's, whether it's the profitability, we can answer those questions by, you know, maybe we move production to the U.S. Maybe we look at other, you know, uh, products globally, because mm -hmm. Sina's always been about taking a global product and then bringing it to the U.S. That's really what's been has driven uh, our, our business model. So we have to then be more creative and a little more understanding of that process of what we're going to build. I think going forward, what you're going to see is a mixture of that. Maybe some product brought to the U.S., maybe some other places, some manufacturing other, other locations, but it's also, I still feel confident that the dollar will re-strengthen mm -hmm. and profitability of those products bringing in from Japan will be there. My goal is to find what the product needs are for the, for the you know, really the end consumer and bring the best ones I can here and look at it as a longer-term solution, longer-term play than a short-term, you know, 85 yen of the dollar uh, situation. Tell us a little bit more about the manufacturing of uh, the Scion models. Are they produced in Toyota assembly plants or are they um, assembled by contract manufacturers? They are built right, right alongside our other Toyota models in Japan. All, um, we have three models currently today and all three are built in Japan. Um, we have two of them, the XD and the XB, are both built in the Kanto plant um, outside of Tokyo. And then the TC, the new, the, both the first-generation TC and now the new generation TC, are built out of the Susumi plant, which is actually out in uh, Toyota City, uh, outside Nagoya, 
um, which is the same plant that Prius is also built on uh, as well. So well, we are right in line. And that's one of the great things about the manufacturing system at Toyota is, is multiple cars, same line. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful um, you know, manufacturing process. As you mentioned, no new products in three years, mm. but you're about to come out with some new product. Yeah, yeah. The IQ, which is already in some markets around the yeah. world. But tell us about that. Uh, when is it going to be available? How much is it going to cost? What kind of fuel economy are we talking about for the IQ? Well, IQ will be our first expansion outside of our three-vehicle lineup. And so the IQ, uh, it is just a, it's a phenomenal vehicle. And when you see a mini car, people can kind of question, well, what is What's that all about? What is, you know, how's that going to work in the U.S.? It's going to work great. It'll come out March 1st. We'll, uh, we'll start retailing them uh, March 1st. Pricing? We're going to have to wait for that one. <laughs> we are still, uh, we'll work on that actually as we continue to talk about things like the yen dollar fluctuation, looking at what we can and can't do in the marketplace. Um, those negotiations always will happen and, and we'll, we'll figure out the best price for the market. Um, but it will come out. The vehicle itself has been out in Japan and Europe for almost three years, about two and a half years. And we were able to take this another global car. It's won Innovation Awards in Japan. Car, you know, it was runner up for Car of the Year uh, last year. And you look at that kind of base, and then we get to you know, what I call cyanize it and bring it out to the U.S. We really think that um, it will hit a urban lifestyle, uh, really hit a downtown kind of feeling, uh, where people are really looking for smart cars that are are, are being able to uh, take advantage of parking situations. Um, uh, but I, I always like to say, Fairline, is that we think we brought out a smarter car <laughs> yeah, with the IQ, and we'll see how that works out. Who, who, are, um, who do you see as Scion's chief competitors? And I, I ask this question because uh, it seems like they, depending on the car, you compete mm. against different automakers uh, and, and certain specific offerings that they have. With the TC, uh, the original version had a 160-horsepower engine. You've upped the horsepower about 20 in this, mm-hmm. this new one. Are you going with the TC after more of uh, like a Subaru WRX-type uh, customer by increasing the performance on this vehicle? If it's okay, I think there's two parts to that question. Okay, is who sure. does Scion itself compete with? And then right. how about the TC? I think there's two slightly different answers, if it's okay, on, sure. on the Scion portion. Um, we have always felt like that we're... It's not so much being directly competitive with any single brand because nobody has really targeted a youth and been successful at then gaining that youth. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, we felt like, I don't want to say we're just competing against ourselves, but in a sense we are because we have Toyota who's doing such a great job with the entire market, but how could we really target in on kind of a lead group, a trend-setting group? So we're competing with trend-setting organizations, trend-setting groups. Uh, from an automotive standpoint, I would say that there's always a, a lot of respect for Volkswagen, mm-hmm. um, Audi, um, Mini Coopers, um, uh, Mazdas, those that have a, a higher driving dynamics and are a little bit more youthful, both in marketing and, and product. And so I would say there's kind of a wide range of who we, we look at or, or, or talk about. From a TC standpoint, we are really excited. You know, the, the vehicle we've taken and increased the horsepower and torque, but also the gas mileage. And when you put those pieces together, we have a great recipe for success. But there's, in that sporty subcompact, most people have left that, that playground. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, there's really no traditional sport coupe in that sub, sporty subcompact segment anymore. But the people that are in that, in, the, in that realm are still people like a Mini Cooper, and there's your Mazda 3, and you have your you know, a Kia Forte. But all, those are all even different tastes, right? They're not the exact same. So in a sense, the new TC still fits in its own little 
little space in, in this sporty subcompact segment. And um, again, that actually comes out October 1st. And we can't wait for that to get out there because that has really been our, uh, from a volume standpoint, has been our volume player for Scion since it, since it came out six years ago. Where does Scion fit in Toyota's overall strategy for alternative powertrains? Yeah. Well, it's not scientific, but my, my, my first question to most people I would say is, if I say the word hybrid, what's the first word that most people in the street would say? Whether Prius. It's Prius. And I would say that's about 95% of people would say Prius. Because of that, when we say the words hybrid, alternative fuels, technologies, Toyota has really been the pioneer and it really, I think, owns that space. Scion, when Scion was created, was to never, was not for us to compete against our own mothership, but was to add and bring in complementary and, 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 and incremental uh, people. So in a sense, when it comes down that path, we are not really interested in playing in that same space. High gas mileage, four-cylinder engines, vehicles like IQ, that, which have a really intelligent play on the market, I think is where Scion will, will continue to be. However, I will say that we are always looking into what you know, the, the hybrid technology could bring to that youthful mindset of people, because a lot of the youth are looking for that, very much of a, of a green movement. Mm -hmm. But also the same point is how do you do that and keep our prices under $20,000, which is a critical point at this, you know, for the buyer that we're attracting. So there's a little bit of a dichotomy that we still have to answer. But for right now, the technologies and the, what I would call the superiority of the hybrids, we're going to have, uh, Toyota will continue to be the master of and we're going to be in this other space. How is... Um a lot of car companies, Chevrolet really started this, uh, not Chevrolet, sorry, General Motors started this back in the 20s, uh, you know, with the idea of stepping up, you know, doing the step-up brands and, and creating the step-up brands, trying to get an entry level and then moving mm. on up. Mm. Uh, with Scion, you're going after the youthful customer. Was the intent ever to get those people to eventually buy Toyota brands? And if that was the intent is there any evidence that that works? Because it seems like it's a, to it's a somewhat different kind of buyer, and they may not ever want to go up to a Toyota. They might want to move to a different a BMW or something yeah, yeah. like that. Is that. Was that the intent, and is there evidence that that happens? Mike, I spent most of, so I've been with the, our company about 17 years, spent most of my time both at the Toyota side, majority of it in the Toyota side, and a few mm -hmm. years on the Lexus side. And uh, when I came to Scion about three years ago, I had some of the similar questions about how we would do that how does it work? So I will tell you that the intent was always, when we put the Scion showroom requirement in the Toyota showroom itself, mm -hmm. was to be able to have this youthful brand within that Toyota framework. Mm -hmm. The goal by far and for sure was to bring them in, attract consumers who wouldn't have necessarily been attracted to Toyota. Mm -hmm. Bring them in. Sell them a car. Get them into a Scion. But then also through the dealership network, give them such a great experience with them that they'd want to come back to that dealership to experience other vehicles, especially if we can get them as young, to then be able to transfer them as they you know, age and kind of move into different life stages, mm -hmm. broaden in their horizons. I'm really excited to say 71% of all the Scion buyers to date are new to the brand. It means they've never purchased a Scion, a Toyota, or a Lexus before. That's 71%, much greater than the original plan was. And that's, that's still today, even with the smaller numbers, we're still getting those Conquest brand new buyers. The bigger number, and probably the, the number that answers it directly to your question, but almost 60% of those people who buy a Scion stay within, buy a second Scion, Toyota, or Lexus. Majority of them being Toyota. So I think it has worked. People's life stages have changed. They go through, and the replacement for each one of those um, vehicles, the original XA and B and C, mm -hmm. 
have all been, the number one model change I knew have always been a Toyota model, differing between being a, a truck or a, a Camry or a Corolla. But the model is definitely working. That's why, even though the sales has decreased below where we'd want it to be, and now coming back to where we do want it to be, we're really confident because we haven't, the, the, we're still getting the buyer that we wanted. And that, that does feel good. And I think that the model is working. All of the vehicles in the Scion lineup are compact cars or soon to be subcompact yeah. car joining it. Don't you have to be in the crossover segment? I mean, that's the <laughs> hottest segment in the market. You're in compact cars, and that's been trending downward slightly. Yeah, yeah. it has. It has in the trending. Is in the, it has trended down there. Um, I think though that that gives us even more challenge. In a sense, you go back to the word of competition. I want to compete for that person who is uh, really the youngest mindset, that younger buyer under twenty thousand. The crossover piece has still been very successful on the Toyota side. Whether you want to look at it being the Matrix, you want to look at it being the Venza on a bigger size, um, you, you can look at the RAV4. They've played in that. And again, we, the goal is never to ever compete against Toyota, but find the areas that they're not in, and then let's expand that area. Um, I do think there's some other areas to look into and in different, whether it be coupes or uh, street trucks, um, you know, kind of sporty trucks, um, things that are different marketplaces. But I don't think the crossover really necessarily is an area that Scion would uh, end up going into. You mentioned marketing earlier uh, before we were on air, and we were talking about the challenges of that. Uh, with the new TC coming out and with the IQ, are there any um, changes in how you're approaching marketing this time around um, or even how you're going to be approaching uh, folks like the SEMA and and the tuners and, and your relationship with them to help promote these new products? Yeah, you know, the marketing world, as we were talking about a little earlier, is, is constantly changing. The one thing that doesn't change is still the relationship between a company and the end consumer. And how do you build on those relationships? Scion, from day one, said we were going to take the cars and our people directly to the streets, directly to where our consumers are at. Whether that be clubs or um, events, Scion has always prided itself in this idea of supporting emerging artists, emerging artistry. Now, how does that combine to our marketing? Well, all of our, really, majority of our support for our marketing is really um, in people's lives and growing, growing relationships virally, and people want to use social media as a word. Well, that's sort of true, but as soon as you put the word, you, you, know, you take social, that's where, we, where Scion wants to be, and as soon as you go into media, that means there's some sort of an expectation. Scion wants to be in the unexpected areas, and we will continue to look for that. Um, we mentioned about drift car racing. It's a whole new area of racing that's really growing. Well, we want to make, develop relationships with the people who are driving the cars, the people who are there setting up the events. Um, we're still very heavily involved in our music uh, programs, but, but not just where it used to be in hip-hop. We've really expanded to 7, 8, 10, 15 different genres to be able to spread out the relationships of people to be able to spread the sound word. But there's still the traditional television, you know, a lot of eyeballs to see that. I do think with TC where we'll see... Our median age buyer of the first generation TC is 26 years old. It's been that since day one to today. 26 it's years old. Got to be the youngest in the business. It's the youngest in the business, and we expect that to continue. How have we done that? Well, not very much on television, not very much on radio. Very much about going to these local areas, inner city community. We will continue to pursue that, and I do think that recipe um, of being part of the community of tuners is a very critical part of that. So for SEMA this year, you'll see a very strong presence of the TC. You'll also see, just even in the Tuner publications, about the relationships we've created with them to say, tell us about the car. What else do you think this car is about? What else can we do with this? Accessorization has always been a huge piece of Scion. And how do we continue to build that out? Well, 
when you start with 50 or 55 accessories on day one, and you allow the, the consumer to build it into what they want, that's authentic to that community. It's also profitable for the dealer to sell all those accessories. How is that going? And as an adjunct to that question, you guys even offered one of the models, I think it was the XB, that you could buy unpainted. You had to buy, you had to pay extra to get it unpainted uh, so that you could customize it yourself. How's that all gone, the customization, and, and how has it benefited the dealers? When we started, there was a kind of going, the idea of taking people from Scion to Toyota. One of the other elements was how do you take, find another profit opportunity? Well, that was clear both for the dealers. That they, well, how, how can you take a small dollar car and have, still have a chance to make some profit but that was the least important piece, which was how do we get customers engaged with their car? Going back to the idea of, of youth being excited about buying cars, well, if you want to buy a pair of shoes and you can go on to, you can customize your own shoes. If you want M&Ms, you can customize your M&Ms. You can make it what you want. And that is what the youth market is asking for. So we want to do the same thing with cars. It has gone extremely well. It has exceeded all of our expectations. We talk about it being a blank canvas. John, you buy a car. We still, we, we use, at Scion, we utilize what we call the mono-spec strategy. There's only one spec on every model we make. All you have to decide is what transmission you want and what color you want. The rest of it's up to you. And we left the words customization and really focused on more of the words personalization. How can we make your car personally exciting for yourself? And that has really been the trigger. Um, the accessories have grown, but it's even more than that. It's how people then talk about their cars. They personalize them online and use them as their, you know, as their avatar when they want to type something up. They put their car on there. That becomes personalization to another level. And that's an area that I think that Scion will continue to pursue heavily as we see products like the new TC, a lot of accessorization, but also a lot of products like IQ. They're smaller, less, of, less physical space, so how are you going to personalize that? And that's a challenge for us, and look forward to kind of sharing that with the marketplace as we get closer to spring. You mentioned that even in a weak economy, a lot of young people find a way to come up with money for mm -hmm. an iPad or an iPod mm -hmm. um, or uh, even um, a smartphone. But for a car, you need credit, yeah. and uh, access to credit is still relatively tight, yeah. probably more so for your target buyers. Yeah. Um, are there certain tools that you're exploring with uh, Toyota Financial um, resources to maybe do something that would get more of these people qualified? You know, the um, answer is yes. But when you look at when I said about earlier about the kind of the perfect storm around Scion, you know, economy, the coastals, and you put that together with the product cycle, um, there's been a difficult situation. The financing is the kind of the kind of where the rubber meets the road and people, you know, I, I don't have that job or and how do we do that? TFS has been a phenomenal partner for us. Um, residuals in our cars, you probably... TFS being Toyota Financial Toyota Financial Services. Services has been a great partner from us, with us from day one. Um, currently, one of the areas where they have really, really kind of come to us with the programs is around leasing. You know, youth, if you look at numbers, the more youthful you get, a little less leasing occurs. And that leasing piece we really felt was important. What we were able to do is work with TFS and keep a residual for 12 months for the whole model year. Well, TFS partnered and said, well, listen, we're, we're doing so well with your products and the residualization. How about we allow to, to keep that same rate? Well, the nice thing is that fits perfectly with the Scion pure price model, which is simply says, well, the price you see is the price you pay. There's no negotiating. There's no incentives. We have no incentives on the product. So what you, it works perfectly in our model. So TFS has met us there um, and, and been a great partner with that. And I think that we will continue to work with them on what we can do. We have to find new ways to get 
youth credit and confidence. But I will say, those people who are buying those cars and buying the Scion have performed as same or even better than the Toyota buyer because it's their first credit purchase. They are much more diligent, and we have seen that at Scion to be very good performing, and we will continue to honor that and, and grow our business that way. And on that, we're going to have to wrap this up. But Jack Hollis, thanks so much for coming in and talking about Scion. It's been great having you here. Also, Mike Ramsey, thank you for coming in. And Greg Gardner, thank you as well. And I will be back in a moment with some closing thoughts. I don't think there's any doubt that Scion's going to be doing a lot better in the near future. New product and fresh advertising can do wonders for any brand. But the automotive landscape has changed a lot since Scion first came out. There's a lot more really good small cars in the market right now that can meet or even beat Scion's prices. And some of them are bound to have the same sort of cachet that appeals to young trendsetters. In fact, we're about to see an all-out marketing war when it comes to subcompact cars. All automakers are going to have to sell a lot more of these cars just to meet the new fuel economy standards. And it's not clear if there are enough buyers to buy them all. So even though Scion should do a whole lot better than it's doing right now, it may not recover to how well it was doing before. But you know, that's what makes this automotive industry so interesting. So join us again next week as we strive to continuously give you some of the best information and insight into the industry.